You're listening to The Virtuous Mind, a podcast from Providence Christian College that discusses all facets of the human experience and the liberal arts from a biblical worldview. I'm your host, Dr. David E. Alexander. What must I do to be saved? This is the famous cry of the jailer in the book of Acts after having been convicted of his sins. As Christians, we know that the jailer's yearning for freedom stirs in the soul of every human being who, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is awakened to their fallen state and consequently their need for salvation. Even the philosopher Plato, whose beliefs did not always align with biblical truth, still understood that mankind is broken and yearns for a life of peace and restoration. Joining us on today's program is Paul Jimenez, director of the Witherspoon Scholars Program at Providence Christian College. Jimenez teaches politics at Providence and has, over the years, gained unique insights into Plato's philosophies and teachings that bear a resemblance to the believer's true understanding of salvation, which has often encouraged his students to cultivate a deeper love for Christ's redemptive work. Paul, what have you found in Plato's teachings that parallel Scripture's account of humanity's quest to be saved. Well, David, I can recall the personal perplexity which persists to this day that gripped me when I first read Plato's Republic. The Republic is Plato's most complete exploration of the soul and its relation to the political community. Famously, in the Allegory of the Cave, Plato depicts our captivity to propaganda by a state that seeks to restrict the growth of our souls. In the allegory, men are chained to the ground and placed in front of a cave wall where shadows pass in front of them. The shadows are depictions of reality cast intentionally by others within the cave who rule by keeping the chained men in a state of perpetual ignorance. One of these men somehow breaks free of his chains and begins an ascent that takes him from the darkness of the cave to the light of day. Now, depictions and reflection on the allegory are numerous, but what many pass over, and this is what's always frustrated me, that so many people pass over this, is that moment in the allegory when the chained prisoner is moved to turn around and cease looking at the shadows in the cave. The Greek word that Plato uses is periagoge, which in context means a turning of the soul. That is what has always gripped me. How is the soul turned? The prisoner in the cave doesn't free himself, but some power, something beyond himself, freed him from his bondage to darkness and enabled him to ascend into the light. Now, that this allegory bears some obvious resemblance to Christian theological accounts of salvation, that's obvious. For a Christian student, as I was when I encountered Plato, that riddle of the relation is very enticing. It's a mystery precisely how the soul is turned from darkness to light. And this mystery continues to grip students when I, as you know, now an only slightly more advanced student of Plato, introduce him to beginning students of Plato. This mystery 
of the periagoge that drew me to Plato continues to act as a doorway into the philosophical life. So to take it yet even further, the question of the mystery of the periagoge spurs another question, this time a question within a question. What is it about the mystery that is so attractive? Why do I want to know something that I don't know? This meta-question is actually a major theme of Platonic philosophy, and the answer is bound up with another mysterious concept, eros. In Plato's account, all men are erotically inclined. Some are inclined towards beautiful bodies, but others, the philosophically inclined, are inclined towards the form of beauty itself. That is to say, that thing that is beauty and through itself makes all other things beautiful. Now, the means of ascent for the prisoner at the bottom of the cave upwards into the light is the erotic tension between his present state of darkness, the newly acquired knowledge of the existence of light, and his desire to consummate this knowledge in an encounter with the source of light itself. The allegory continues with the escaped prisoner looking into the sun. This sun is meant to symbolize the form of the good, the origin and source of all that is itself good. The prisoner isn't just free then when he sees the sun, he is fulfilled. His desire, that tension that drew him upwards all the way up the cave is finally fulfilled and consummated in an encounter with the form of the good. So in teaching Plato, I always hope that these students gripped by the mystery of the periagoge follow that erotic pull upwards. They'll find the answers to their questions if they continue to search. If they keep searching and don't give up, they too, like the prisoner, can encounter the form of the good. Now, the essential difference being that the form of the good isn't what Plato thought it was. The source of all that is good is not an abstract entity. It's not a, a form, to use Plato's terms. It is a person. The same person of whom it is said, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. You, of course, are referring to Jesus. Yes, that person is the second person of the Trinity. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to having you back. Wonderful, wonderful job. Oh, yes, my pleasure. You've been listening to The Virtuous Mind, a podcast from Providence Christian College. The mission of Providence Christian College as a reformed Christian institution is to equip students to be firmly grounded in biblical truth, thoroughly educated in the liberal arts, and fully engaged in their church, their community, and the world for the glory of God and for service to humanity. We'd love to have you visit our campus. Providence Christian College is now accepting applications for the upcoming semester. Contact an admissions counselor to learn more. Visit ProvidenceCC.edu.